Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Use Is Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. Hello and welcome to another edition of our Use Is Better group. So we're back to a whole new round of podcasts we're ready to talk to. Um, today I am joined by the lovely Alex Lockhart from Veltic. So hi Alex. Hi Dave, how are you doing? I'm fine. Um, yeah, it's... It's interesting because I think you're one of the first guests we've had back, which is oh always nice. Um, you're honoured. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, a character. I know. So, but I enjoyed so much talking to you last time. I thought, why not let's do it again? Like um, and I suppose the reason why you're back is we recorded a podcast way back in the beginning of the year where we were talking about um, ChatGPT and when it first exploded into marketplace. And over the summer, there's been this huge conversation on social media. There's been announcements and new software and all kinds of stuff going on all over summer that you know where people are sort of saying yes, it's good. And I think it sparked huge debate. Um, and you know, I mean, the bit of quarterly picked up on it and did the whole piece on it. There's been other podcasts, and I think everybody's been jumping on the bandwagon. That's probably the wrong phrase, but everybody's been picking it up and debating about actually um if it's a good thing if it's a bad thing is going to change the world is technology going to take over and destroy the planet i don't know um but we threw the conversations piece back to our audience on our uses better group and asking them to sort of you know give us some questions so we can um start our new season by effectively just picking up what some what you know, the public is saying so yeah, so I think today's rather than what we normally do, where it's a bit more of a me and you chatting about it, it's we got some questions from the audience around what our thoughts are on a, on a couple of topics. So, uh, yeah, should we jump straight into it? Absolutely, yeah. Let's do good, it. Good, good. So, I'm not going to name drop anybody because that's just unfair, yeah. um, <laughs> as always. So, the first question we got was every talking about chat GPT. Um, since that got launched, we have seen other manufacturers and vendors and other people coming on with lots of different other software. So what's out there at the moment? You know, is ChatGPT the only thing or are there alternatives to it? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually, and something that I find myself searching every week. What's the alternative? Can I do it better than what I've already been doing? Is there something that's more intelligent? Just because something's come out first and has a huge brand doesn't make it the best. Um, and there honestly is a lot of stuff out there and more and more is coming out um, and more is coming out focusing on niche areas. So last time we spoke about the use of, um, and this is kind of headline grabbing, AI within people doing uh, university essays there's now uh, ones that are purely focused on essay writing there isn't one yet for bid management so I'm going to watch this space and see if one happens for that um but I'd say the biggest competitor at the moment is Bard and that's Google's AI tool um I've tried it I've used it um I think I'm one of those people that I have an iPhone and I'm going to keep using an iPhone because that's what I'm used to. And that's probably how I feel about ChatGPT and other AI models. Uh, but I've tried out Bard. It's probably the best out there uh, for what I do, which is research, 
um, asking um, questions that relate to a particularly niche topic um, and it can pull certain prompts out there and it can give me ideas. Uh, Bard is good and there's also a feature where you can upload JPEG files and I think they're experimenting with um, maybe putting some features out there that enable you to upload uh, different types of documents. So thinking about that from an RFP perspective, that would really change the game. Um, and that would, in theory, enable you to upload a document um, and get it to start answering all the questions. Um, whether that happens or not in the next couple of months, I don't know, but it's food for thought, particularly in our industry. Dave, were you gonna, did I scare you then straight away? Did I? Probably, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, I suppose in, in the bidding world, there's, there's, there's probably two definitive areas. Mm -hmm. One is your sort of PQQ um, submissions where, you know, you're answering some pretty nondescript questions. It's all about the company. It's all about, are you the right fit for mm. a particular mm. opportunity rather than actually what is your solution for delivering this? So yeah. you know, I suppose the, 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 um, the clues in the name is a qualification questionnaire. Mm. Um, so I suppose on that sort of stuff, it's to a point, I, I see the, the relevance of it and I see actually how you can utilize tool like that because let's face it, Covidian did this 10 years ago um only on i mean obviously that was your library so all they've done is basically take it and blow it up and use everybody's library i suppose mm -hmm. and one with a better phrase um so i suppose on those elements there's certain questions that it can answer stuff like around account management um or this sort of you know, those those the softer mm. questions where you almost have stock answers for mm -hmm. um so i suppose in that element that's pretty cool yeah I, I think so. I mean, it hasn't gone that far yet, mm. um, but I would really be excited to test that out. I, I think the AI model that underlines all of this is super intelligent, but it's only gonna yield good results if we are intelligent humans directing it. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about, are there any other comparators out there, competitors out there, Again, loads. Mm. Uh, my preference is ChatGPT, one, because as I said, I'm the sort of person that will stick with something if it works. Um, but two, because it kind of develops things in the best tone of voice. And really, no matter what model you're using, you have to make sure that you are prompting it correctly. So you could ask it, um, what is account management, for example? And it would come up with a pretty generic response. Mm. I would really caution people to copy and paste that into an RFP response and have the expectation that they've saved time and they're going to score top answers. Simply isn't going to happen. Um, and even though you save time overall, you've kind of done yourself an injustice. And it's not worth working on a pitch or a bid for three weeks, three months, only to copy and paste something and scored third or last or however yeah. bidding. Yeah, I get that. And you know, and I, I think it's, I mean, because obviously the world's sort of split into two, I suppose. One is you've got the Google houses mm. and one is you've got the Microsoft houses. Mm. Um, so I, I've no doubt at some point, if they haven't already done it, I suppose, that we're going to see some form of AI built into Teams yes. where you can start using their Teams platform it's coming 
yeah yeah it's coming out and likewise for that i would say um you have to really nurture that tool and that model so what i tend to do is kind of interview it before i actually trust it to produce anything of high quality so for instance i might say do you know insert the organization that i'm working for and then look at it and see what it says back because it's pulled the information from somewhere mm. um, and as you know organizations change strategy they might have a different tone of voice to what was published a couple of years ago on google so you might want to correct it and say that's a great response but actually did you know x y and z is also a really important overview of this organization and it's becoming smarter and you're having a conversation with it and in chat gpt you can then give it some more prompts and say okay now that you understand the organization better i now want you to give a brief overview of its top clients and top strategic or its strategic direction for the next couple of years its competitors and if it produces something again don't just take that for granted um you can't just copy it well you could just copy and paste it i would advise against it <laughs> but then nurture that as well and correct it slightly and i think that's when you're going to get the best results and give it a tone of voice say you know i want you to talk about this in a friendly friendly way i want you to talk about this in an engaging way you can tell it off you can you can say that that's it's cool. doing a bad job and say actually this is too friendly of a tone uh, i'm writing a proposal and it's going to these types of people again a great bid team a great bid person will have that intel and they'll know the type of people they're pitching to i want this for an analytical audience i want this for a creative audience uh, and you can keep that chain in one whole conversation within chat gpt and the, yeah the answer and the response that it gives you at the end of that will be completely different to that first one where it, when it gives you ask it to give you a summary of an organization and that's the one that i think you'd want to leverage yeah again i wouldn't copy and paste it but that's something that you might even take inspiration from and then go and write your own kind of paragraph off the back of it cool i sorry when you when you were talking then i, I immediately when you said tell it off i had a vision of putting chat gpt on the naughty step um <laughs> I mean, you could do. <laughs> I've not actually tried that one. It might, it might stop working for you. It might I know. Strike. It might Don't sulk in the corner. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not put out to give me something I can use. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> probably a lighthearted moment. We, we, we're in a very serious topic. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, just, just touching on what you were saying then about the writing style and how it creates answers. Mm -hmm. and not copy and paste it. I did a really interesting experiment the other day and it was a little bit eye-opening because I scored the the results I did. So I put a load of generic questions in there mm -hmm. and I put it through the Flesh Kincaid score, mm -hmm. which when I first started writing, I, I was you know, told to reference to because it's actually... Now that obviously for those who don't know, and I suppose in this market, most of our guys will know it, but that sort of scores your answer against readability mm -hmm. and how easy an answer is to read. And the one thing that struck me when I put some questions in there was all the answers that was given me came out pretty much 90 to 100% with was they're very difficult to read. It's interesting, right? Yeah. And like you, I was taught to use that. And through... APMP, that's very much like a, 
a life hack for bid managers, right? And I mm. did use it. And I found that was a really good investment of my time at the time to say, okay, I've worked with a load of technical people. Um, they've all scored it top answers. And at the beginning of my career, I would heavily rely on that. Um, but now I feel like it's not just the readability, it's the tone. Yeah. And I think for that, that's where you can leverage ChatGPT versus that model to say, okay, this is a little bit difficult to read. Or again, I want you to um, make this a bit more creative. I want you to rewrite that and tell the story. And I think what people are looking for uh, within marking these types of documents now isn't necessarily the credibility and the readability. I mean, it's credibility, but they want to be taken on a journey and they want to feel like they're reading a technical story and they're engaging with the person that has helped develop this proposal. And that's slightly different for me. And I think mm. we've moved into a space where even the most, um, hate to say it, dry topics <laughs> can be creative. And I think that's a real, that's a talent that a, a few amount of people have. I certainly don't possess it. I'm more analytical, right? Mm. I have more analytical brain than a creative brain. So when I use ChatGPT, my response, my input is very analytical and I'm putting something in there that I've probably written freehand and it's very matter of fact. And I know from, from that standpoint, it's going to score top marks or hopefully top marks because I've answered the question and that's what we're all trained to do. But what I don't have a natural talent at and what I think is a rare skill to have is to make that into a story and really engage the reader throughout. And that's something that I might lean on from time to time for chat GPT or uh, an AI tool to give me some of those prompts. And I can even get it to mark my work and say, would you say that this is, you know, um, a creatively like a creative narrative do you think i'm missing some key points here if i've already told it that this is the brief that i'm responding to um yeah. and i think that's that's what our kind of the models that we were taught it just simply doesn't have yeah i mean i mean it's interesting because i was like saying that the same as you when i when i first started writing um and it's a great question that we've been we've been submitted um yeah. actually how how important is that these days mm. just like you when, when i first started writing and i don't now, I have people who write for me. I, I, I'm the same as you. I, I sort of brain dump on a page mm. and then give it to somebody to, to formulate an answer for it. Um, and that sort of, I suppose, you, it's a combination of sort of my brain dump. Yes. The chat GPT input from that. Yeah. And then that's where we really need somebody who can write creatively. Mm, to mm. take those combination of tools and, and thoughts effectively and then create that narrative that absolutely I, and I certainly believe that and if you were to flip it the other way around um have someone that's naturally creative and they talk um with a really engaging narrative even if it's on paper or on a screen um and quite often then I would come in and say, this is a really great story, but we've missed point one, two, and three of this question, and we need to feed it in. And I think that's where somebody that's more creative could lean on ChatGPT or an AI model to say, this is the response I have written. Here's the question. Have I missed any points? Or how would I insert X, Y, and Z uh, response? How do I include this in there? And so 
for me, it's about finding that balance. I, I rarely think that everybody has the whole package. Lots of people are, are strong in some ways and mm. not as strong in others. And if there's something online, like a tool that can kind of balance me out and give me prompts that my brain doesn't naturally think about, you bet I'm going to use it. And and everybody's super time poor, right? So in an ideal world or a couple of years ago, I would get one of those creative people to say, can you mark my work or can you mark our work? Um, and I'd really love your input on this. But a lot of people, a lot of pitch teams, a lot of delivery teams, um, they don't have that time to give it. So it's an extensive piece of work to give someone 500 words and say, how can you make this better? Um, and and that's where I'd say, okay, let's move away from just asking it, um, asking it to answer questions and relying on that, and saying, actually, I'm going to treat it as intelligent as it can be. Which is, I've written this. This is the brief that I'm responding to. This is the context of what I'm working within. These are the top notes that I want to hear. Tell me where I've gone wrong or make me sound more like this tone of voice and that's where i think we can you know gain the most out of these tools and treat it as if it's the colleague that we want but that we don't have access to or they don't have the time to give that's um i think you just come up with somebody's marketing strap line there have i um, <laughs> i'm going to trademark it when we finish this go and trademark the, the, yeah. the um the colleague that you want you don't you, you don't have um <laughs> Yeah. I, think, I mean, that's a good idea for a webinar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting you saying that because I never really thought about it in that way. Mm. I always thought about it about, you know, there's the answer, give me, you know, there's the question, give yeah. me the answer for it. I never thought about actually, can we utilize it to um, enhance mm. what we're trying to do? Mm. Um, so I think from that point of view, that's quite an interesting take on it. Um, but with, I'm going to park up there because I want to. I do have another question farther down the line, um, mm -hmm. which that's purely about uses. Mm -hmm. So we'll come on to that in a, in a few minutes. But um, so we, we we sort of you know to me I was throwing a question out saying what are these some useful examples of putting ChatGPT to good use for a bid, um, which I think we sort of touched on. But mm -hmm. what's where do you sort of see it developing? I mean, where where do you what direction do you think it's going to go down? What's the, the good actually? Where we could, you know, if we had the guys who wrote it in a room, mm -hmm. what would be the great for us as a bidding community? Mm -hmm. Bid it to do this. Mm. Yeah, excellent question. I guess the art of the possible really comes into play here. Like, what would we want it to do? What could it do? Um, for me personally, I think. There is an element of risk in everybody sharing um, in Intel, essentially, and tones of voice and things that they've worked super hard on. And um, everybody has, you know, a form of wanting to keep things close to their chest, especially in the bidding world, because it's so competitive and you created something and you've worked really hard on it. The idea of sharing it with a wider community not only brings you to a disadvantage because your great work might be used against you um but everybody kind of wants that element of credit where credit's due right in an ideal situation every organization would have their own version of a, an ai model um 
because it would be completely bespoke. And all those prompts that I spoke about previously, so here's the organization that I'm working for, I'm pitching for, and this is the type of work that we do, you wouldn't want to feed that in every single time. Uh, you would want that to be um, filled in, you would want it to be already knowing that, and then a pitch comes along, a bid comes along, and it can work really intelligently to collect all your answers before, your tones of voice before, and push something out that is completely bespoke to not only what you're pitching for, the industry you work in, the organization that you work for, um, but that takes time and money, right? Um, and then what you would end up with is not only different organizations having these models, but different organizations within the same industry having these models, which would naturally put you in the direction of why not combine, which kind of brings you right back to the beginning of how open do you want to be and how closed do you want to be when you're kind of creating these things? It, I mean, you just opened a massive Pandora's box there of questions oh, that I, I, I probably got for it. The, the one thing that jumps to my mind straight away when we were you saying that is it's scouring the internet for data. Mm -hmm. So how many big companies don't have their libraries online? Mm. So it's got to rely on answers that are in the common domain. Right. So where's yeah, I'm, I'm, the bit I'm struggling with is actually if everybody's answers are are hidden. Mm -hmm. it's going to effectively run out of things to look for because you can't look at, say, IBM's or Microsoft's or Google's data libraries. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. look at stuff that's public in the public domain, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, all things that have been fed into it. Ah. Yeah. So if we, if you you are working as a company, and I'm probably going to scare an absolute load of people now, and I say, well, actually, there's my answer yeah to this question yeah then what you're actually doing is putting your ip mm -hmm. out there for everybody potentially yeah which potentially i would do. imagine that big companies it people are going to start having meltdowns over yeah a lot a lot of organizations are creating their own internal it responses to should ai models be used and i would caution anyone to put um every brief or every response to every brief in a, an ai model without taking away really important assets and critical information you would have to be very mindful of the responses that you put in to not put um, yourself or the organization at risk. If you get um, good data, if you put good data in, you'll get good data out, right? But you have to mitigate uh, what might be widely available for everybody else. So you've got to be intelligent about it. And I yeah. think to leverage these things, you really have to understand the scale of what you're operating at. And these types of conversations are really important for our community um, because I certainly wouldn't encourage people to be copying and pasting in questions and answers without extreme caution uh, I would never use the name of my organization in a response but I would allude to it and I think there's some safety net in there and I think that's probably the best way for people to go um, that said there's a lot of people that change places in this industry right yeah that's true 
And a lot of people can work within one organization or one industry and take with them a lot of knowledge with, within their own heads. And, you know, you'll work for an FM company, for instance, and you'll move around and you'll come up with a way of structuring a response that that company's never seen. And it's something that you were taught at another company or something that you created at another company. Um, and you can't avoid those things. People are going to keep doing that. Um, and that's your own IP, you know, that's something that you've created and nurtured and curated, uh, and you have every right to take that along with you. Um, and ChatGPT or AI models can absolutely do that as well. Um, but I would certainly not go putting in every single RFP that you um, receive and expecting that not to be used to leverage other responses. Yeah, I mean, I, I never sort of Considered, I suppose, to one point. One point. I mean, we we don't use it. I mean, our, you know, our, our writers write, um, mm. but I, it's I sort of get that whole piece about actually being very careful what you put. I suppose it's like anything, you've been very careful what you put on the internet. Um, mm. You know, because everything's as soon as you you sort of, I suppose, you put it in that chat box and say, right, give me the answer to this. Mm -hmm. It's public domain. Uh, in, in, in a way, yeah. I, so I think the there are definitely some prompts that you can have like within your toolbox to mitigate some of those things. Yeah. So the organization you work for is a really good one. I wouldn't say the name. I would describe the company that you're pitching for um, and use that as a continuous prompt. Um, you might want to give it some background information. Um, and likewise, you might not want to use the same uh, chat GPT channel um, and conversation to um, talk about the organization you're pitching for. You might want to use one channel to get as much information as you possibly can, create a new channel to then allude to it and do a question and answer sort of thing. And I think that way you can cover some of your tracks. Um, but as before, in a way, there's there's lots of smart ways to use it, um, but there's also a lot of risk involved, not just in you know IP and NDAs and company information, but also um, you know you really don't want to be doing yourself an injustice by relying on a machine or AI, as great as it can be, um, to solve all your problems. Mm. The human element is what makes it, and where you might not be as we said earlier, creative person that has that natural flair and tone of voice that they can add. Um, you don't want to assume that that's going to be the best one. You still want to have a close eye on this. Um, us as teams, we understand the sort of organization we're pitching for. Uh, hopefully we're getting to know the people that we're pitching to and we can start to think, okay, I don't think that this way of writing is really going to work for this person because I've had a conversation with them or I've worked with a team that I've had a conversation with them and I'm going to go through this with a fine tooth comb just in the same way that I would a colleague and make sure that every part of this pitch or this RFP speaks to another part of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be putting that all into an AI model and relying on it to complete everything and then win it. Cool. And that's a, quite a nice segue into our next question, which someone's asked, actually, when do we use it? Do we use it for the outright writing of a bid? Do we use it for reviewing the writing? Do we do research, then put the research in and get it to write it? So I suppose this links back to what we were saying earlier about actually 
you know, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. So where do we where do we see the best place? I mean, because no, let, let's be realistic about it. It's here. Mm -hmm. It's going to yeah. be used. There's no point of sitting there going, oh, it's the Antichrist where it's going to be, you know, and this sort of stuff. No, mm -hmm. it's a tool. It's available now. People are using it. So actually, you know, for the uninitiated, I suppose, or for the, the people who actually generally sort of, how the hell do I use this? Yeah. Where do we use it? Where is the, the yeah. sweet spot where this will sit? So from my perspective, and keen to hear other people's kind of thoughts on this from a bit industry perspective as well, I, I enjoy using it for research. Research and desk research is something that I have on all of my bid plans right at the start of an opportunity that very quickly gets crossed out if we don't have enough time. But we all know how integral that is in understanding uh, exactly the tone of voice, background to the organization, not just the opportunity. And so I use that as a kind of desk research helper. I'll get it to draw up a couple of pieces of information, prompt it with some things. Sustainability is a great one. I'm pitching for Coca-Cola. What was their 2023 sustainability plan? Have they had any um, controversies in the sustainability space? All that kind of stuff help build help builds a really big picture. Um, and not all bid teams are fortunate enough to have one person whose dedicated responsibility is understanding that organization of the past two to three years. So I think that's a really great way to use it. Um, and it's all about the client as well. It's all about the prospect, the person you're pitching to and leveraging information that's out there. Um, me personally, I do like to use it on occasion to mark my work. I, that way I have a, a little bit of uh, pride that still remains. So I've put in that graft. <laughs> I've tried to write something. I've written something. I know I have an analytical mind. I know the way that I write can be quite matter of fact. Um, and then I like to use it to say, you know, could I make this a bit more, I don't know, empathetic, for instance. How do I talk to this audience um, from a friendly point of view? Uh, and I think that's really good, not just for the response itself, but helping me understand where I might be falling down in certain areas. So it's building my skills up, right? And mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of things that I like to use it for, the beginning and the end. What happens in the middle, um, I think you're only as strong as the team around you. Um, and I think collectively, if you get together and you have essentially writer's block or you can see that someone's struggling with something, put the wrong answer in front of them might be something super generic from ChatGPT uh, and they can fill in the gaps where it's wrong. But I certainly wouldn't use that as, you know, the final submission. I would use it as an aid to help people, including myself, uh, who might need a little bit of direction in terms of what's right or what's wrong. Does that I make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose really what you're, you're sort of saying is that, and I know what you mentioned about information gathering, but I mean, I suppose in, in APMP world, that will be yeah. capture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so during your capture phase, actually what you've got is this really quick tool that, especially if, I mean, I know we were saying you should be really close to the client, you should have the relationship and all this sort of stuff, but you know, there are times where you simply can't have that relationship because it might yeah. be a tenant's only bid once every five years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you can have a tool that you can go into and go, right, just brain dump me everything there is about um, company XYZ, for example, mm -hmm. 
uh, and it comes back with this, this plethora of information for you. I suppose it's almost like Google on steroids, I suppose, for one of a better phrase. Yeah. And um, I've, I've saved a day of my time or somebody else's time. Yeah. That's not desk research. I'll just do a bit of desk research. It will only take 10 minutes. It never takes 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It never takes 10 minutes to do well. Um, and again, I think using prompts is so important. So tell me about this company. It will pull up pretty much what Google will pull up. But if you want to dig a little bit deeper and say, I'm pitching to this company, I want to understand more about X, Y, Z, who are the key um, people within this department, all that kind of stuff uh, would be super useful and it would save you some time. I think, why would you not leverage that? Yeah. Uh, and I would really encourage people to do that so that they can focus on, you know, what's actually really going to win it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That really does make sense. So, right, our last question, which wow. is time to flying by. Um, <laughs> it was interesting that the creator of ChatGPT um, voiced some concerns about their latest updates mm. um, about it being too powerful. Mm. Um, and I think this is the the one. Thing that everybody's concerned around mm. and I think the one thing that's gonna I'm mean, I think Elon Musk come out with a few weeks back um, about AI in general was saying it needs governance yeah and I I don't think that's something we should be frightened of mm. but it's interesting to understand actually where do we think or who should mm. create that governance own mm. that responsibility for you know, controlling it, I suppose, one of a better phrase, and not letting it get stupidly out of hand and not letting us do where does that, you know, who should do that? Because at the moment, it's almost like the Wild West, I suppose, in some respects, where it's anything goes. Um, mm. but, you know, what's the, where do we put or where do we instill control on it? Mm. Do we go down to the fact you can use it for XYZ, you can't use it for ABC? Mm. And then who polices that in policy? I mean, I know it's a bit of a, I mean, we could probably spend 45 minutes talking about that. Absolutely. Part three, Dave. Part three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not going to like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a really interesting question from the perspective of the bidding industry. It, it, it is the art of the possible. And if I kind of narrow that question down into what we do, I really feel like the governance has to come within the organisations that you're pitching on behalf of. They have to really understand the extent of what these tools can do, the positives that might be boosting efficiency, time spent elsewhere other than writing answers versus some of the, um, say, negatives. Like, uh, I can't think of another word for negatives. I need ChatGPT to help me out. Um, <laughs> something that might be more of a risk, which is, if you don't provide guidance to the people using these um, global tools that are available to anyone, um, then people will put everything into it. And then that means that there's a potential that other people can have access, access to it. Um, so really, I think the governance has to come at more of a local level. Um, if you're pitching on behalf of an organization, potentially some of the onboarding that you do is, let's have a conversation about AI and ChatGPT. Do you use it as an individual? Are you going to be using it on behalf of this pitch? Great. Okay, fine. We understand that there's some benefits towards doing that. But if you're going to do so, 
do not mention the name of this organization be aware that we have NDAs in place from time to time and you can't use um, certain prompts or certain things. We might have a list of our own prompts as an organization. We might have tried it time and time again and said, when pitching, here is what we find most useful that is gonna have minimal impact on us as an organization if you're going to use this. Again, what I was mentioning before is in an ideal world with infinite amount of budget, each organization would have their own model that would be nurtured mm. um, and pitch teams, bid teams could use that and they could leverage it. They have their own guidance notes. They have their own prompts. Um, but I think we're quite far away from that. I think we're very far away from that. So let's be honest and say that people will use it. But like, yeah, let's use it to the best of our advantage with minimal risk and make sure that people within organizations, either from an IT perspective, from a bid perspective, uh, and really nurturing and ensuring that people pitching and using it are trained on how to use it effectively. I think I think that that's I think that's the key thing. I think it's it's the fact that I think it needs to be sort of a procurement level where they sort of say if you're going to use it, you know, fine using it, but please be aware because every, every we we all sign NDAs. Yeah, we all sign that we won't talk about what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could equally break that really easily by just putting a question into a search engine or mm. a, a chat GPT, effectively, and then broadcast it to the whole world. Um, <laughs> and you shouldn't do that. And you shouldn't do that. ESA, please do not do that. You put your job at risk. <laughs> yes, but, yeah. but for things like you know, um, I'm trying to think of something that's probably good for this audience, but let's use something random. So health and safety, or something. Health and safety, yeah. exactly. That's a really good one. Um, you can certainly use prompts like that mm. to, to help your teams come up with a better answer. And it doesn't put anyone at risk. It reduces the amount of time spent. It might even help you create some boilerplate yourself that could be leveraged in the future rather than using the AI model. Um, but it has to be done in an efficient way uh, that other people can replicate that isn't going to make... Um, yeah, isn't going to put you at risk essentially. So I suppose really what we what we'd be looking for, and I suppose you know, in, in um, and just to throw them under the bus a little bit, is, is organizations such as the APMP, yeah, coming out with guidance on actually best practice on how you should use it and that's what you should do. That's an interesting concept. So yeah. um, I'm but, not sure if they listen to our podcast. I hope they do. Um, but if they, so. yeah, but of course they do, yes. Um, and if yeah. they do, I hope they, they, they pick up on that one point. We'll have to find out if we see something coming out. Then. I'll, I'll have to say, secretly message somebody in, in, in the APMP yeah. go, what are you doing about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, um, I um, think that's a really interesting way to go. I mean, I did APMP a while ago. I can't remember, maybe... Two years ago, did a two years ago did the practitioner, um, and so much has happened in those two years, right? Yeah. There's tools in there that I don't use, probably would never use again, um, and there's ways of working that I benefit from day to day that aren't in there. So you know, I think certainly refresher on it, um, and yeah, the use of AI within bidding, someone's going to have to kind of own that. Someone's going to have to become this is how you do it well. And I know there's lots of independent consultants and bid experts that do it. Do they have the authority to govern what should and shouldn't be done? That's a different question. Yeah, I, I think I think what we need is somebody to create a best practice. Guide. Yeah. 
mm. and then give that to individual companies. Mm. Um, and because obviously it's going to impact somebody's IT security. It's you know the whole level of you know information storage has mm. to be owned by companies effectively. Mm. So I think it's you know we need this best practice quickly. I, mm. I you know, rather not rushed, but we you know, needs to certainly within the next sort of six to nine months. I'd have thought mm. um, about actually how do we use it? What do we say in it? How 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 do you treat it? Where you should really use it as a as a best practice in the industry? That then IT company IT departments can then pick up on mm. because obviously this is the information being shared. Um, so there has to be some sort of governance around it, um, yeah. and and help people structure policy. Yeah, because um, you know that will be the next thing that's going to come up. It's yeah. well, actually, you've, you've given us this tender. How how you can how can you be sure that hasn't been shared effectively? Mm. So I think that's a like I said, I think that's one question where we could be um, talking about for days on because yeah. there's, so, there's so much. Um, um information around it and mm. sensitivity i think is a good, mm. a good word so yeah anyhow that's our questions done alex wow. as always it's lovely to talk to you Likewise. It's to get your in your insight on these um it's 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 been really good and I, i'm glad that we kind of revisited this as well because i've been thinking a lot about our conversation since we had it and because there's so much stuff out there i don't think that this topic's going to go away and I'm really interested to see what people come up with within the bidding space as well. I'm I'm really ready to see uh, a lot of new things coming out and lots of LinkedIn posts saying, I'm doing it this way. I yeah. wouldn't do it this way. And I love stuff like that. That's the sort of things we should be sharing. Yeah, totally. totally. So we lift that wide open for part three. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> do you have any questions for us? Any questions you want to pose to the audience? Um... I'm I think maybe I'm being glass half empty but I would be really interested to hear a time that they've used an AI model and it's worked to their disadvantage Love I've it. seen yeah I've seen loads of things online about again um you know I used it for this essay and my tutor put you know d minus this is chat gpt all over it um has anybody come into a situation where they've put it in front of someone without saying something they've been like did you use an ai model for this i'd be really interested to hear. oh i'm gonna love that so there you go there's one for the audience please mm -hmm. when you read this give us your comments on that one <laughs> so um alex lovely good to chat to you like um i've no doubt we're gonna be back for part three at some point yeah. in the next six months or so so um <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Great. Um, and then obviously our Uses Better group can be found on LinkedIn. Um, search Uses Better. You'll find us. Um, we've got a whole plethora of stuff coming up over the next few months. Um, so keep an eye on our socials. Um, and then, yeah. So thanks, Alex, once again. And Thank then I'll, um, have a good day and I'll speak to you soon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay,